Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play. Anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends to subscribe, check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. If you want to advertise with us, you can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls with any questions you may want us to answer on the show. Also like us on Facebook at LockedOnBulls. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic. With me as always, Cody Westerland of 670 Score. Cody, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Sean. Not quite as happy of a new year for everyone associated with the Chicago Bulls because last time we left you on Locked On Bulls podcast, we talked about Jimmy Butler being awesome after a Wednesday night win against the Nets, and then a Friday loss to the Pacers happened, a Saturday loss to the Bucks happened, mm-hmm. and Rajon Rondo may not be a Chicago Bull for long because the Bulls benched him for the entirety of Saturday's New Year's Eve loss to the Bucks after he didn't play in the second half against the Pacers, and he's handling it professionally so far, but the writing might be on the wall here down the line, Sean. Uh, yeah, it's 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 good to be an interesting situation. For uh, first of all, Fred Hoiberg, you know, he told us before the game that uh, he was going to start Michael Carter Williams at point guard, which was kind of expected after the way that the second half went in the Pacers game. Uh, we asked him if Rondo was going to come off the bench or if Jaron Grant was going to get the backup point guard minutes. Rondo was sort of, I mean, Fred was sort of non-committal about it. He just said, "We'll see how it goes." And then, obviously, Rondo didn't get in the game at all. Jaron got most of those minutes with, you know, Isaiah Cannon getting some of them at the end when it was a blowout. Uh, and then after the game, we asked Fred if the benching was permanent. And he said the benching wasn't permanent, but he also didn't seem super optimistic about the idea that Rondo would play in the next game. He said something like, you know, we'll reevaluate it and see where it goes. So then we talked to Rondo after the game. That's where the fireworks That's where it got fun. Uh, Professional... He- individual but fireworks nonetheless right well he said he said that fred told him that he has been when he met with him this yesterday morning about the benching that he had been looking slow lately which rondo said he disagreed with uh as he probably should back himself up i would probably agree with fred i don't know if fred means slow just in terms of pace or slow in all aspects of basketball but certainly the bulls haven't been playing as fast as Hoiberg once all year. I think they're bottom five or six pace in the league. Rondo came back with the, well, we play a lot faster when we get stops and I can get the ball on a rebound or get a quick pass and we're not taking the ball out from under the hoop. Then all of a sudden, I look quicker, obviously. So they both have points, but the point is with Rondo is he's just playing terrible basketball for the better part of six or seven games now, and Fred had to make a change. So whether it's Slow or fast, whatever, it's non-productive. What's interesting, too, he's, he said that last night that he was going to meet with uh, Gar Foreman, the Bulls GM, and other members of Bulls management, uh, and 
talk about maybe his future and he hinted he didn't outright say this but he hinted that he wasn't afraid to maybe ask for a trade or a buyout if he gets the sense that the plan is for him to stay not in the rotation i've been told that there's not really plans for a trade or a buyout in the near future for him that obviously could change if you know let's say in a couple weeks he's still not in the rotation and he stops handling it as professionally as he has so far you know that's obviously could change but as of right now i don't believe that the bulls have any plans to yeah what i mean what you've been hearing too correct me if i'm wrong but they still think rondo's been a positive influence yeah. as a person other than the time he misplaced a towel around assistant coach jim misplaced Boyer. a towel that's a good way of <laughs> but uh other than that, they, they've really lauded him so far. But his play, I mean, is just unproductive. Rajon Rondo is averaging 7.2 points per game, which is the fewest of his career since his rookie season in 06-07. And he's just not shooting the basketball well. Just a shade under 37% from the field, 32.7% from three-point range. And those numbers have even tape, taken a dip more in the last six or seven games. Uh, and he's just not been efficient. The Bulls have been upset, I think, with his defense or lack thereof at times, which Rondo, too, has admitted uh, he has the pickup point has to be better, which is it's really jarring to see Michael Carter-Williams guarding people for 93 of the 94 feet on the floor, and Rondo will pick him up about at three-point line sometimes. Um, so that's a point, too, the Bulls management harped on last year uh, when Derrick Rose was still on the team, his inability to play good on-ball defense and get the system started. Rondo's obviously having the same problem, but we should give a little background on Rondo and explain for some people just the concept of buyout and everything. Rondo's on a two-year contract worth about $28 million. The uh-huh. first year's fully guaranteed. That second year, I believe, is only $3, 3 million, million guaranteed. So the Bulls have a very small commitment to him next year. If they buy him out of his contract for the rest of this year, it's basically them telling him to go away. And you buy someone out because they have no trade value. Correct. Right. So if they buy him out, they have to eat the entire $14 million that he's owed for this season. But they could stretch out that $3 million that he's owed next season over the next three seasons. So instead of paying you know, his cap hit next year being $3 million, it would be $1 million next year, $1 million the year after that, $1 million the year after that. Give them a little bit more cap room to play with if they decide to go in that direction. But yeah, like you said... It, I think if they if they do decide to move on from Rondo between now and the end of the season, I think they would prefer to make a trade, even if they don't get anything back, just because then they don't have to eat that salary, even if it's just a straight salary dump. And I don't really know how many teams are going to really have an appetite for that unless they just want to save money. And That's, that's a catch, because a team that would take Rondo probably isn't going... If it's a play... A playoff team doesn't want him, because they're trying to win. If it's a team that's playing poorly and has room to absorb his contract um, by some mechanism, they're probably playing younger guys, and now they just have him sitting at the end of the bench. The one team that comes to mind for me is the Sixers, because they have a ton of cap room, so they could easily absorb his contract. And they also don't have a point guard. Like, Sergio Rodriguez is is their point guard. I think we, over the summer, when we were ranking point guards in the NBA, we were like, who was Sergio Rodriguez? And we had no clue. And I think we ranked him, like, second to last or something. No, I grew up in Portland. I'm a Blazers fan. I I remember the Sergio Rodriguez era well. (laughs) You know a lot more about him uh, than I do then. But, yeah, so, again, like... Rondo, the Rondo experience is something, because remember, he came in in June and uh, immediately dropped the three alphas line. Yep. And obviously that's not... That's his most lasting contribution as a member of the Bulls. We've gotten a lot of jokes out of that. If nothing else, that will live on in history, the three alphas comment. 
And again, like the Bulls signed him because we talked about this. It was going to be a disastrous situation at point guard after the trade of Derrick Rose with what they had lined up. Then they signed Rondo, and it still turned out to be a disaster <laughs> so far. But, but there was hope there. For, I mean, he, he had some good games, and like there were some games where it was working for him and the Bulls, but there's just no consistency in the shooting problems. It's just disastrous. Again. Exactly. And, and it was the kind of thing, like you said, once they traded Rose, they needed a point guard. Once they made the decision not to... Uh, trade Jimmy Butler and just completely blow it up. Suddenly they're in win now mode, or at least they're in. They are still trying to be competitive to make the playoffs mode. And when you do that, you need a veteran point guard. You're not going to be competitive and try to make the playoffs if you're just running Jaron Grant out there at point guard. So they needed a veteran point guard. And then if you look at what was available in free agency, Mike Conley was not really seriously ever going to yeah. consider leaving Memphis. Jeremy Lin got his deal done with Brooklyn pretty quickly in free agency. Other than that, there wasn't really much. I think they decided they didn't want to go four years on each one more, which, in retrospect, maybe that would have been the move. Well, he signed, what, I think $8 million a year? $8 million per, a year with, so, the, with the Pelicans. Somewhere yeah. in there, and that's not a... When the when the salary cap's going to be, what, $103 million next year, something like that, and then keep jumping up from there, $8 million for what would more have been, 7th or 8th man? isn't outrageous as it sounds initially, you know what I mean? Right. With that cap spiking. And the thing about Etuan Moore is he's a better three-point shooter and a better defender. And you knew what you would have been getting pretty much every night with him because he was usually pretty consistent when it came to playing defense and hitting three-pointers if he was open. You couldn't ask him to do anything with the ball off the dribble. And we don't need to relive all of the glory of Bulls free agency this past July, but it's worth noting, like, Rondo did... uh, get interest from the Bulls and have interest in them before the Dwayne Wade thing materialized. Obviously, by the time he agreed on, I believe it was the 6th or whatever, there was a lot of Dwayne Wade chatter and he followed a day later or whatnot, or Rondo was a couple days before. On July 1st, now I actually remember this, so on on July 1st, he was... Period at O'Hare? He was spotted at O'Hare and he was carrying an iPad that had a Bulls iPad cover. And this was before the Bulls knew they'd have any chance in Dwayne Wade. Right, this was before. And then I also, it was July 3rd that... The report that he was going to sign a two-year deal with the Bulls came out. I remember this because I was on my way to a Guns N' Roses concert at Soldier Field. Oh, okay. When that happened. So, it was well before there was any indication. And I believe it was, was it the 6th when Dwayne Wade, or 5th or 6th when It was Dwayne the 6th, or the, it was the night of the 6th because his, yeah. his, uh, I remember this because I went to the Rondo press conference right before I flew yep. to Vegas for Summer League. So it was the 7th, which was the first day that free agents could actually sign, but they weren't allowed to talk about the Wade stuff That's correct. yet because that deal wasn't official until the middle of July. But Rondo, since he's a player, players are allowed to talk about that stuff without it being tampering or, or whatever. So he talked about the three alphas, and so that's where that came from. Certainly. So um, there's a lot to get into there still. Um, did want to let you know, though, today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, which is the smartest and easiest way to find tickets to all the football, basketball, baseball games you want to see up close and in person this season. Any sport, there's nothing like being in the stadium arena for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want with great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's the easiest way to shop for tickets. Be anywhere, anytime with a few clicks and taps. You can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on it 
is given a great score based on value, you'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. Plus, every ticket's 100% guaranteed, so you can shop with confidence. Here's what Locked On Bulls listeners need to do. Go download the SeatGeek app. Click add a promo code and enter promo code LOBULLS, just how it sounds, LOBULLS. SeatGeek will send you a $20 rebate after you've made your first purchase. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code LOBULLS. Sean, you brought up something earlier that Rajon Rondo's bobblehead is approaching for the Bulls in early January. And January I 9th against the Thunder. Rajon Rondo bobblehead night. Maybe that's why there's not going to be a buyout anytime in the immediate future because I think they've probably already bought the... They've already they've already had the bobbleheads produced. It would be a little bit awkward if he has this very public divorce from the Bulls and then a week later I feel like they have bobbleheads. I feel like we see stories about minor league baseball players and stuff or major league baseball players. Right, getting but like I feel like there was somebody on like the Nationals or something that got traded and then like a week later they had their bobblehead but, and then everybody wanted one. But it does bring up a point. Um do we expect Rajon Rondo to be on the Bulls at the end of the year? I don't. I don't either. Uh, do I expect him to be on the Bulls in 24 hours still? Probably. Yes. I, um, that's that's the sen- That's strongly the sense like, that You I don't have. just buy him out immediately. You at least call the teams that you think might want him in a trade some fashion if they can swallow his salary and just take a... So the Bulls don't have to, obviously, as you mentioned. But I, I just don't see how long-term here, rest of the year, this works out. I can't see Rondo being okay with another, what do we have left in this season, like 45, 48 games, whatever it is. I can't see him just sitting on the bench for 40-some games and not playing. And, again, this is worth noting. John Paxson on 6th Score on Christmas Day mentioned at some point we're going to see need to see more of the younger guys and, and see what they the- can do and develop. Fred said he hadn't had any formal discussions with the front office about playing these younger guys, but since Pac said that, Jaron Grant, Michael Carter-Williams, and Chris Felicio have had big roles in the fourth quarter of games. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's kind of what we're seeing, and I think the way that is the mo- that makes the most sense, because obviously it's a lot harder for guys like Denzel Valentine to get minutes because they're wings, and so they have to be getting minutes over Jimmy yeah. Butler or Dwayne Wade, which is not really going to happen, but the increased roles for MCW and Jaron Grant... At the expense of Rondo, I think that kind of tells you all you need to know about their, uh, their, you know, how invested they are in the Rondo thing for the rest of the season. I would be surprised if he was on the team by, I'll say March first because the trade deadline is Mid, a little after mid February. A little out, yeah. The trade deadline is mid February, right after the All Star break, and then March first is also the deadline for a player to get bought out so that he can later sign with a team and be eligible for the playoffs. So if... <laughs> I don't think he's going to be on any playoff teams for any... You have to remember that Doc Rivers coaches a team that's going to be in the oh, playoffs. That's a... And he coached Rondo in uh, in Boston, and he also has a penchant for picking up players who are way past their primes who he co- either coached in Boston or coached against a in Boston. penchant is a nice way of saying it. He might be more in love with his former players than any coach in the history of organized sports. Yeah. You might. That that might be true, too. It's a possibility. I mean, I would think that even Doc would know better at this point yeah. than, to, than to try to coax sign Rajon Rondo. But, I mean, hey, Chris Paul is hurt right now. Like, they... <laughs> yeah. So... They, they could... Yeah, it's a possibility. Fred, again, hasn't said this is a permanent benching for Rondo, but to me, where the Bulls are right now in this season... The playoffs look less and less likely every day, even that race for the eighth seed, because their consistency isn't there at this point. 
And maybe there's some sort of spark with Rondo out of the picture and that maybe responsibilities are defined a little more and their shooting's not quite as bad and their defense takes a tick up or something like that and they can get that formula back for the eighth seed. But, like, to me, development needs to be prioritized over a hard chase for an eight seed this year. Like, Michael Carter-Williams, Jaron Grant, Chris Felicio, give those guys a lot of minutes like we just saw last game, last couple games. Give them a lot of minutes this year. And I expect Michael Carter-Williams, to me, it would make sense for him to just start at point guard for the rest of the year. Right, and I think I would expect Rondo, at least in the short term, to play nice about it. Because, I mean, this isn't just about, you know, the long-term future for the Bulls. I think Rondo is starting to maybe realize that this is, if this flames out here, he's now left four teams on not great terms in like just over two years obviously the Dallas thing was a disaster and then Sacramento had him on a one-year deal probably could have brought him back if they wanted to and then decided not to so I think he realized like if this flames out in Chicago the end might be he might I mean especially when you look around the league at how many teams have point guards already like there might not as crazy as this sounds for a guy who's only 30 years old and has had such an accomplished career as he has to this point there might not be a place in the NBA for Rajon Rondo if this doesn't work out in Chicago. And so I think it's he's probably motivated to, you know, put on a good face and be professional about this, at least in the short term. You know, maybe in a couple months it gets to the point where he's like, I'm just, I'm done with this. I don't want to not be playing anymore. And then he either asks for a trade or asks for a buyout or there's some blow up that forces the issue. But for right now, for the short term, I think it seems like the, 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 the sense is that both sides are going to try to make this work as much as possible. Yeah, for a little longer, just let it play out but Rondo was asked you know do you feel you have enough of a basketball pedigree and just stature and standing to just ask for a trade a new home and he said absolutely so like yeah he's confident that like there's something else on the horizon for him basketball wise no doubt about that he still thinks so but this is a bucket of cold water on your head you know like yeah. realizing you just got benched when getting you're benched the 14 on a million dollar point guard and, and you, you get, got a couple young guys. And it's not it's not even it's not even like, you know, you, you can you can maybe swallow it if they have some hot prospect point yeah. guard that you know, and they're doing really well under this other point guard and you're saying, Okay, I'm the veteran, like this 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 guy's team now, I need to step aside. He's getting benched for Michael Carter Williams, who you know, I mean, obviously he's a former rookie there, but he's not—he's not a. You know, I think the general sense is that I mean, he's—he's—he's a, he's a good defender, but he's not a great starting NBA point guard. He's getting benched for Michael Carter Williams on a sub 500 team that's currently out of the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. That can't sit well with him. Yeah, and it is a little classic Bulls here, just in the way the roster has been put together. That they're benching an old point guard who can't shoot for a young point guard who can't shoot. So, like, their offensive basketball struggles and problems that probably aren't going to change much. And our, our buddy Jay Pat at uh, FanRag Sports has been tracking this, and he pointed this out today that Rajon Rondo, in the month of December, through the entire month of December, he played 14 games. Mm-hmm. He attempted, not shot, att- not, not made, attempted five free throws the entire month and made one. Wow. Five free throw attempts in an entire game. month for a starting point guard. That's not, that's not, that's not ideal. And he has not proved to be a good finisher by any no. stretch of the imagination in the paint. Either he's a guy that, I mean, it's just very, very uh, distinct in what he needs to do for a team. And that's push and transition and get other people easy looks. But the Bulls just aren't good enough at basketball fast enough with their players get enough defensive stops to do that on a consistent basis. And it comes back to because, partially because they're not young enough and they're not athletic enough. And as this... Rajon Rondo benching has been boiling to the top. Uh, the Bulls haven't been playing well, in part because of that. 
uh, Fred Hoiberg finds himself on the hot seat, according to ESPN.com's Mark Stein, who dropped that report a couple days ago. What do you say? I think Fred has the toastiest seat in yeah, the NBA. that was the way he put it. And I don't expect... There, it depends what your definition of hot seat here. Because I think Stein's reporting it in the way Fred's the next one to get fired in the NBA, or most likely to get fired next. I don't think that's the case, because he's in year two of a five-year contract that pays him $25 million for the life of it, and the Bulls would have about $17.5 million left to pay if they axed Fred Hoiberg right on the spot right now. And that just doesn't add up to me with the Jerry Reinsdorf-owned team here paying that much money and then bringing in another guy who you're going to have to pay something five, six million more too. And what do you read into the Stein report? We should note that the Tribune's Casey Johnson uh, has reported since that report that the Bulls management is expected to stay the course with Fred Hoiberg for the remainder of the season. But Fred is being evaluated every day. Just in and how well he's doing his job. Absolutely. And I, I don't want to get into, you know, whose reporting is good, whose reporting isn't good. And obviously, Mark Stein is one of the most respected guys yeah. in the business, especially when it comes to coaching stuff. And he's not a kind of guy that's going to just throw something like that out there if it isn't something to it. With that said, I just think that just for practical reasons, I certainly think that the Bulls management can't be thrilled with the way that things are playing out in the Hoiberg era. They missed the playoffs their first year. They're on pace to miss the playoffs again. Obviously, you know, it's, it, 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 him as this offensive guru hasn't exactly worked out, which I, you know, we can talk about how much of that is his fault and how much of that is the roster that he's been given. Yeah. But just like you said, for practical reasons, there's two things here. One is, like you said, the money. Like they would have to pay him three more, pl- whatever's left on this season, plus three more years of his contract, plus paying five or six million dollars a year, which is the going rate for a new NBA coach. So they'd have to pay a lot of money, which that's something that you know Jerry Reinsdorf has not... Like, it had to get as bad as it got with Tom Thibodeau before... Yeah, they went a year and a half with Tibbs with a, probably a bad relationship. And, the other th- and here's the other thing. Like, fired and here's the other thing with, with Tibbs. They, they fired Tibbs. They paid him last year. But they pretty much knew... And, and, when, and for an NBA coach, when you get fired with money left in your contract and then another team hires you, some of that money can offset. If you have that language in the contract. If you have that in the contract. I think the Bulls probably knew that at some point another team was going to hire Tom just because of his reputation around the league. I don't think Fred Hoiberg is going to get another NBA job if he were to get fired. So I think they would actually be on the hook for all that money. Yeah, the Bulls, there's no way in a million years they thought Tibbs could sit out two years for basketball. He did sit out one. So they were pretty confident they weren't going to have to pay that full $9 million. And so the other, the other thing here is that just from a standpoint of self-preservation, it's the, it, would be a, it would be pretty hard for the Bulls' front office, which has already taken a lot of heat from fans and various media members, uh, including us, for the, kind of the, the, the job they've done. If Hoiberg gets fired in the middle of his second season... Like that, suddenly there's nowhere left for them to hide, or at least for Gar Foreman to hide, because Fred Hoiberg was his guy. He was the one that he had the long-standing relationship with him. He was kind of the hand-picked successor. They didn't even interview any other candidates after they fired Tom Thibodeau. And the way it, I mean, I mean, I mean, just just from the optics of it, if you fire, I mean, obviously that divorce needed to happen. We've talked about that a million times on here. If you fire a coach with the track record and reputation around the league as Tom Thibodeau. Hat. The optics of this, oh, it would be awful. Well, no, you fire you fire a coach that's you know as well respected as Tom is, and then you hire this college coach who's never coached in the NBA before without interviewing any other candidates. 
you better nail that hire. It had better be the kind of runaway success that, let's say, Brad Stevens has been with the Celtics in terms of college coaches that had never coached in the NBA before. Yeah. Like, you better nail that hire. And so if they are throwing in the towel on Fred Hoiberg a year and a half in, that's just going to make them look bad. And then maybe the, whoever, you know, Gar Foreman, I think, I don't think John Paxson is in any danger of losing his job anytime soon, but maybe Gar is next on the chopping block. And so I think they're going to want to give Fred as long of a leash as possible. Yeah, and again, I mean, there's no, I don't see any coach or genius you could hire at this point in the year that's going to drastically change the course of your team anyway, whether it's for this year or next year. Right, and we've, year and we've talked about this before. I I mean, I certainly have my criticisms of some of the way that Fred has handled some things during his time in Chicago, but I don't think you can look at this team and say that he is the reason that things aren't going the way. It's, if, it, if it's one thing, it's the roster construction. That falls on management, not on Fred. He's using the pieces that he's been given, which... The, the system that he supposedly wants to play, which is, you know, fast-paced, a lot of three-point shooting, he just do not have the pieces for that, and that's not his fault. He wasn't the one that signed the players or made the draft picks or put the roster together. Yeah, and I think this goes back to, you mentioned Gar, there's no way that he's sitting anywhere supporting the firing of Fred no. at this point. No, he's the one that's pushing as hard as possible for them to keep him on. Yeah, and so, I mean, this would be the, the, the kind of... The basketball brain trust of the Bulls is Jerry Reinsdorf, Michael Reinsdorf, John Paxson, and then Gar Foreman. So, three other individuals there, obviously. Um, Pax was critical of Fred Hoiberg last year needing to show growth at the end of the season press conference. He, uh, he acknowledged that. He said on the radio recently that he thought he's seen growth from Fred. Most of it on the practice court should be noted that Fred ran a tougher training camp this year, so maybe that's something that Pax was specifically kind of had in the back of his mind. He's coaching harder, he, man. When uh, when he uh, said that, but Fred, I mean, Fred's had his downfalls strategically wise at, at times on the court, um, whether it's rotation. Sometimes uh, the offense obviously hasn't hasn't been uh, anything the Bulls wanted it to be. But I just don't know what coach in the NBA you give the Bulls. Greg Popovich, I don't know what he's doing to make this basketball machine hum. You know, it's not right. like if Pop's their coach, they're five games over five hundred. They're still very much hovering this around This team is what it is, no matter who's coaching it, I feel so, like. So, uh, and look, Fred, coaches can grow too. He, he, he'll admit that he hasn't been as good as he's wanted to be, and that's reflected in the win-loss record. He shouldn't have missed the playoffs with that team last year. That, I mean, that was not acceptable for a team that Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler on it. And they just didn't get the job done. So, in that regard, I can see where they're going to view this from the outside at the end of the year. And then they have to ask themselves, too, though, is Fred Hoiberg a coach that I think can help develop this young talent to be better and make our team good for the next two, three, four, five years down the line? And again... NBA coaches don't last like six or seven years anywhere. Hardly. Unless you're, like, I don't expect Fred Hoiberg to be the coach of the Bulls in seven years. That's just not the lifespan of NBA coaches. You know what I mean? So, um, but they do need to know if he can develop that young talent. So that's why this last second half of the season here, as we roll into final three and a half months with the calendar year turning over, is important for Fred too to see what kind of work he can do with MCW with Jaron Grant, Chris Felicio, Denzel Valentine needs to show something. Like, Fred needs to get as much as he can out of these guys, even though he's been stocked with the roster that does not help his coaching fit 
whatsoever at all. So, and to bring this full circle, this is why we, again, even if it's not going to happen in the next week or two, we don't expect Rajon Rondo to be on the Bulls roster on April 12th or whatever day the regular season ends. Yeah, so um, we'll see how that all plays out. The Bulls had an off day on Sunday here as we are taping this podcast. They are back at it Monday. Shoot-around will be fun because oh, yeah. we'll probably hear from Fred. Ask Fred, what do you uh, mean by the assessment of Rajon's a slow basketball player? And then might hear from Rondo again Monday? I don't know. We'll see. I would bet against that. But we'll we'll see. see if he gets uh, tossed back into the rotation as well. But uh, any other updates we're, we're missing on them, Sean, or anything like that? Everyone seems pretty healthy. Everyone's healthy. Over the weekend, the Bulls waived R.J. Hunter after playing nine total minutes with the Bulls. That's kind of a footnote. They have an open roster spot now, so yeah, I don't know whether uh, they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Maybe they'll sign someone out of the D League. If they can find a point guard who can shoot, that would be optimal. No names come to mind right now. Yeah, not that I can think of. So other than that, it's just kind of is what it is right now. We'll uh, we'll keep you updated on all those storylines. As always, um, you can find us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Uh, find Sean on Twitter at Hike and myself at Cody Westerlin. We have a Locked On Bulls Facebook page if you like to navigate to the podcast there. Email us at lockdownbulls at gmail.com with any questions, any advertising inquiries. Always welcome, and most of all, give the podcast a subscription for us. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, Podbean, anywhere on the internet that podcasts exist. You can find Locked On Bulls. You can also find the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network: Locked On NBA, Locked On NFL, Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. All thirty NBA teams have their own podcast. All thirty-two NFL teams have their own podcast. The playoffs are coming up, so you want to make sure you're caught up on that. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review, preferably a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe. All that kind of stuff. Uh, We will be back with you tomorrow night after the Bulls play the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Thanks for listening, and Happy New Year. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.